Hey peeps, welcome back to the Growth Lab podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harris, and I run the Growth Lab, a lead generation consultancy for commercial cleaning businesses. In today's episode, I chat with Terry Croom, owner of Baywash Window Cleaning Service in Bournemouth and the Copy and Paste Franchise Academy. After the 2008 credit crunch forced him to close his successful construction business, a chance suggestion from his cousin helped Terry launch Baywash, and six years later, he built it into a successful South Coast window cleaning franchise. In addition to running two successful businesses, Terry coaches and mentors other cleaning business owners by showing them how franchising is a great option for growth and how they can do it for themselves. For more tips on lead generation and insights on the most successful strategies, tools, and tactics to help grow your commercial cleaning business, Business, sign up for the Growth Lab newsletter via the link in the episode description. You ready? Let's dive in. Hey Terry, nice to have you on the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure uh, to be just, here. Just want to give the listeners a bit of background in terms of how you ended up starting your window cleaning company and and then pivoting that into a franchise. So I'd be interested to for you to share your backstory. Okay, it's a long story, but I'll try and keep it brief. Um, I've been in business most of my working life for 46 years in the construction industry. You're probably too young to remember, but back in 2007, 2008, we had the banking crisis. And at that time, I had a company and we were responsible for refurbishing banking halls for some of the high street banks and building societies. Okay. Um, and when the crunch came, of course, nobody expected it. And it basically put us out of business overnight. So I went from turning over hundreds of thousands of pounds a month to turning over zero. Um, and I was sat in my kitchen with my wife and quite know what we were going to do. And yeah. My cousin knocked on the door and popped in. He's a fireman at the time. And like a lot of firemen, he was cleaning windows in his spare time. And he yeah. said, why don't you come out with me? And, you know, you can earn a little bit of money, put some food on the table. And I thought, well, I might as well. I've got nothing else to do. So it didn't take me very long, uh, Matt, to realize that I could actually make money out of this. Nice. And, you know, literally within months, I was up and running. Okay. Um, I left my cousin in the dust. And the business just took off and it grew and grew and grew and it got to the point where I there was too much for one not enough for two yeah sort of thing so I needed to employ people now okay. I've already employed people in the past have done for years and years didn't really want to take on page earn and I wasn't all that keen on taking subcontractors Okay. And a friend of mine suggested to me, why don't you franchise it? And I, my worst to him was, who the hell is going to want to buy a franchise from me? And um, I went I went home and I thought about it and I thought, well, why not? So I, I looked into it and, well, again, long story short, I franchised the business. And I did that literally by asking all of my custody, they know anybody that might be interested in running a business. You know how successful we are. Yeah. Did, did they know anyone? So my first franchisee was one of my customers. Really? And, and that's essentially how it wow. happened. And, and it happened overnight. So, But it, it certainly wasn't planned. Okay. So you you joined, <laughs> that's a great story. So you joined on the window cleaning round. So when you started to branch out on your own, how, how did you end up winning your first client? What what was the approach that you took? You didn't you didn't nick the clients, did you? Did you go? No, no, no. no, 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 no. So um, we use a bit of um, business management software. Okay. And that allows us to actually put in, every time we put in a, a new client, we can actually put in the source where we got that client from. And over a period of time, you can actually look back and judge what's, what was your most successful source for getting clients in. And year on year, every time, it was canvassing. Okay. 
So that, that's how we started. We literally canvassed, got a job, canvassed the neighbours, asked them if they knew anybody that want, you know, might want their windows cleaned. Uh, we ended up doing their mothers, their sisters. Basic canvassing was the key. Really? Um, but yeah, first customer definitely came from canvassing. Oh, wow. And then canvassing, I mean... You know, often where we get maintenance companies in particular um, or roofers or gutter cleaners and all that, you know, when they come around and do one house, I know they they do like the locality. So I guess that's the principle you apply. But the the interesting thing was that you were using like business management software from the get go, because that's often like a, a last thought cleaning business owners in particular start their business right because the main interest is okay we need to win that first client but the fact that you were yeah. tracking you were tracking where business was coming from from the get-go like that must have been an invaluable source for when you started uh, started your own business right what what else were you able to yeah. learn from the from the data that you were collecting well i mean we, we knew all about some um, business management from previous businesses i mean i've been in business since i left school so it wasn't new to me i mean it's just a natural thing for me to use yeah so um yeah, that, that I mean, yeah, that that was it for us was canvassing. I mean, that's all we did really at the beginning. And how did that evolve? So you started with canvassing. What what was like the next stage, which which had the biggest impact on the growth of your business? You started right, with canvassing. Yeah, so, that's cool. But what what was it? What was the biggest lever? I guess that you know took you from getting started to actually getting to a point where you thought I need help and franchising is going to be is going to be the best next best step well franchising at that point was never on my mind um but aside from canvassing we we do a lot of advertising a lot of marketing okay. always have done yeah so I, when i came into the when i started the cleaning business i'd already won half the battle so you know i knew quite a lot about marketing and all the rest of it to get us uh, up and running so that certainly made life a lot, a lot easier for us and then over time we got um, a lot of recommendation. So an awful lot of our work came from recommendation. And I, I should also add that uh, when I started a business, we live in a little village. All of the business is in the village. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th- I was thinking along the lines of, you know, I don't want to travel all the way over to the other side of Bournemouth, do one job, and then come all the way back over to the other side of Paul for another job. I wanted to do it all in the village where I live, so I just had to drive up the road. So. Okay. We focused on the village. That meant you could do volume as well, right? Because it was all yeah. local. You're not That's wasting right. time traveling. That's right. I mean, we've got roads in the village where we pull the van out. We pull the hose out the back of the van and we don't move the van all day long. We just move the hose and we just do rows of houses in the same road. Wow. <laughs> that, that must have a big impact on your bottom line, though, because you're not, it's, you know, travel yeah. expenses and all that kind of stuff is is just yeah. taken out and you're, you're maximizing, you know, the return on your time as well, right? Exactly. I mean, again, I'm just working from previous knowledge. So I've always been working at an advantage when I, you know, when doing this. I've never planned to start a cleaning business, but I, I did it using the knowledge I already have. Yeah, from running other businesses. So what else? There's there's a few questions that I just want to unpeel. But what what else from your previous experience did you um, use most effectively, or what what else from your previous experience has been used most effectively within your your window cleaning business? Well, throughout my entire working life i've always had this mindset that whatever it is that you do you do at the best of your ability but the most important thing is to actually make sure that your customer has um, a valuable experience by using you yeah using your service so that's probably one of the key things for us we've always made sure that a customer gets a good experience and 
what does that experience look like from sort of point of them getting in contact with you to you finishing the job and the follow-up what what's the what are the steps that that the customer go through and that you go through as a business to to ensure consistency in that service um we got a phone call and i go around personally well not so much now but i used to go around personally see the customer uh, i used to treat them like my best friend yeah I knew what the job was going to cost almost before I got there because uh, you can Google it. Um, we give them a price. Uh, I do it all there. So it's like an instant quote. They I don't go away and let them wait for a day or two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they get an instant quote. We've got a little quote form, which we give them. I give that to them. It's in writing. I'll say, that's what I've quoted. That's what it will be. Generally, nine times out of 10, they'll say yes there and then. Uh, if they don't, they'll certainly follow up that evening with a phone call to say, yes, we want to go ahead with that. Yeah, and then we uh, do the job uh, to a high standard, and then we can invoice them by email, and they can pay online. Okay. The whole process is completely automated, our end, and it's made as simple as possible their end. And you mentioned uh, a lot of, or the majority of your work is from recommendations. So once you've finished yeah. the work, do you have do you have a follow up procedure for? Which yeah, says, we... you know, look. If you like to, can you give us a review? But also, if there's anyone else you know, you know, here's a, a ten percent discount or whatever it is on your on your next clean. Do you do, do you offer some sort of incentive like that? We used to do that. Um, we used to give them if they recommended somebody, we used to give them a free clean, sort of, you know, sort of things like that. But I mean, it didn't really work that well. You think sure. it would, but uh, you know, it didn't really make a huge difference to us, so we stopped doing it. But they go on our system. Our system is automated. So uh, six months from doing the job. We get notified our end to say that they're due again. We always uh, phone up the day before we're due to say that they're clean as due tomorrow. Yeah. And that we'll be there tomorrow at a certain time to get a job done. It gives them the opportunity then to make sure that gates aren't locked. And if they want to leave money under a brick by the back door, they can do that sort of thing. So we, we try to make it as easy as possible for the customer. Some of our customers I've never met. I mean, I've got a phone call from somebody. Can you give mm. us a quote? I've gone around and quoted, put a slip through the door, got a phone call that night. Yes, please do it. Yeah. Done the job, sent them an invoice, paid online. And I've, some of them, literally, I've never met. Really? Never met. <laughs> that is weird, isn't it? Yeah, right. But it's good, though. I mean, you know, yeah. the reputation speaks for itself in that yeah. respect. Yeah. Um, with the with the quoting process, do you still or have you always gone around personally or is that something that you've thought about um, like automating and, and digitizing as well? Well, in the early days, I did it all myself. OK. Um, but now the franchisees do their own. OK. And, so and they, you... they go out personally as well or do they have yeah. you know, stuff? online like no it's nothing it, online for that it's okay. it, you really need that personal touch you need to go around and look at the job and say yeah i can do it in so much time and yeah i mean we've got set set figures as well which they can work from okay uh, so they've got a general sort of idea of how much if they think they can earn a little bit more then it's entirely up to them because they're a franchise it's their business yeah they yeah. price they price it according to what they want within reason sure okay um you mentioned about marketing as well so you know, canvassing obviously was was the first point of call. What what has been most effective for you after that? Uh, canvassing was the best. After that, we've done leaflet drops. We've uh, we advertise in uh, parish magazines, local magazines. Um, we do Facebook group advertising and uh, Google ads. We've done pretty much everything. We there's always something out there somewhere promoting yeah. us. 
Okay. Obviously, we get quite a bit of work off the vans as well. There's quite a few vans kicking around there. And that your advertising is is consistent. Like you yeah. just keep it running because Absolutely. obviously it consistently generates whatever it does. Yeah. And have Absolutely. you increased your just for your business, not for the franchisees? But have you increased your marketing spend? like ex exponentially over time or have you kept that pretty consistent as well because you know if you keep that consistent then you get eyeballs will start building up over time in any case because mm -hmm. your ads i guess particularly online get more optimized right so you don't yeah. necessarily need to increase the budget that much what what's no. your approach been to that well i mean we advertise uh mainly for the franchisees now Okay. because um, you know my son runs my son's basically going to be taking the business over so you know, we don't need so much of the actual physical work now anymore. We we tend to sort of market the whole thing for the franchisees. Yeah. You know, we, we we provide all the work for them. Um, they don't have to find their own. Nice. Even though they can if they want to, and they also pick up work as they go as they go along. Okay. But um, our marketing is directed at getting enough work for everyone to increase okay. their uh, grow their businesses. So after you after you had that initial when you reach that initial tipping point of thinking okay i don't want to employ staff and i don't want to subcontract you know franchising is is the best option like from you starting off on your own till you get to that point how how long did it take you to to get there six years six years okay yeah when i started a business it grew and grew and grew and i was run off my feet it was just so much work it was ridiculous i was thinking to myself so i just stay keep it where it is and just keep me busy but because of, I mean, business is in my DNA. I yeah. can't help but it grow and expand businesses. It's all I've ever wanted to do. So I knew I had to grow it. And I also knew the pitfalls of employing people on the cards and subcontractors. And it is a ball ache, all of it. So <laughs> uh, when somebody uh, suggested franchising to me, it's something I never considered. But I've done it now for nine years. And I can honestly say it's the best way to grow and expand your business. Really? Nothing better. But people don't seem to get it. I don't know why. They just don't get it. So um, I'm, trying I, to, I'm, I'm trying to educate the world at the moment to seriously consider franchising their businesses. Yeah. It's, it's an uphill struggle. So talk to me about the franchising process. I, I as I mentioned before, we, um, uh, we went live. I, I considered franchising my cleaning business at one stage. You know, I'd spoken with um, a couple of uh, solicitors, franchise expert, experts, just to get an idea as to what is involved. And there is quite a bit of preparation, you know, in terms of documenting all the systems, getting all the fundamentals set up, deciding what you're going to provide within the franchise package and what you're not. Talk to me about the, you know, once you had that initial idea or once that idea was given to you, what, how long did it take for you to get the, the franchise set up? And what, what was like, what, what were the steps that you needed to take to get it set up as well? It's five steps to uh put together a franchise and that is making sure that your business is franchise ready in the first place mm. then you need to um, get the legal side of it in place and you need to get your franchise pack in place so you know exactly what it is that you're going to offer your franchisee and how much it's going to be then you need to get your first franchisee and then you need to spend the rest of your life teaching and training and supporting your franchisees it's five it's five steps okay but most people fall flat on their face on the first step because they are basically not franchise ready and by franchise ready you you do really have to have everything in place you have to have a business that somebody's going to be interested in investing in you know if you started on monday and you want to franchise on friday you, you've not got a cat and house show but you've got to be established 
you've got to be able to show your potential investor that you're running at profit and that's showing growth. If you can't do that, you're not going to go to the next step. Yeah. So that's the first part, and it's probably the hardest part. Second part is the legal side, which is quite complicated, but once you understand it, it's fairly straightforward. Getting the franchise packed together needs to be bang on. You know, you've got to make it look really attractive. Uh, you've got to make sure everything's uh, explained in graphic detail so everybody's absolutely clear exactly what they're going to get. And you've got to be able to back that up and make sure that they get it. You've got to make sure uh, you've got to get your first franchisee. Again, that's not straightforward. Uh, the first thing we did was asked all of our customers. I said, yeah. we've got our first one and our second one. And then you need to um, uh, support your team, which is is comes naturally to anybody who owns a business, something you do day in, day out anyway. So it, it's a long slog. I mean, how was your, what, what was your biggest hurdle? Would you My say? biggest hurdle was um, sort of deciding on the franchise pack. I think it was probably my biggest hurdle. The legal side was fine. You know, the business was, the business was doing all right. I, I think it, it probably didn't, the growth was good, but it, I think to make it really stand out and attractive, I think we probably needed to push a little bit more for another 18 months, two years to get it to a point mm. where it was ready. But I think for me, it was, yeah, it was the operational side. Like what, what we were going to provide to the franchisees. That, mm. that, was the, that was the biggest hurdle for me to overcome because, you know, trying to just centralize everything and then just looking at the business in, in a different way, right? Where you're, like you said, you're providing the support and you essentially become a sort of, a marketing and operations business to a certain degree because you're as you mentioned you're generating all the lead all the leads mm. yes the franchisees can go off and do that by themselves but ultimately the thing that we weren't the strongest at was was the lead generation as well okay. so you know that that kind of made me think twice about going down the route of doing it but i can certainly see you know there there aren't that many cleaning business franchises i know there's a there's a handful of residential ones uh, I've come across maybe one commercial, like out of the box sort of uh, franchise setup, but you know I don't mm. know how successful or not that is. But window cleaning, oven cleaning, carpet cleaning, like they seem to be pretty ripe. And I, I think a lot of it, from my perspective, comes down to you're kind of already pretty niche, right? So yeah. the the marketing and the positioning is relatively straightforward. Whereas a, like a generic cleaning business who are you going to target what what are you going to focus on you know where you're going to get the biggest leads all that kind of stuff it, it's yeah. probably a little bit more convoluted to to try and identify what, what do you think yeah i think when you talk about niche i mean when you say uh, a cleaning business i mean that covers a, a multitude of different services doesn't it yeah so you know i mean what sort of cleaning did you do is it office cleaning domestic cleaning or yeah so uh we were kind of split uh between um, office cleaning, uh, so uh, commercial stuff, and then we did a lot of end of tenancy cleaning as well, which is classed more as domestic, right? So mm. that in itself, you know, if we were just focused on one and not the other, it would probably have given us a better chance. But as mm. with ninety five percent of cleaning businesses that I've come across, they offer the full, the broad spectrum of stuff, whether it's yeah. you know commercial, um, end of tenancy, um, builders cleans, carpet cleaning. Some will do the window cleaning and all those bits as well, and janitorial supplies. So yeah, that that is it's a hurdle, uh, which makes you know window cleaning, oven cleaning, carpet cleaning, even domestic cleaning to a degree makes it far more attractive as a as a franchising proposition. Yeah, I think. If if you had a cleaning business with bulk, if if you uh, had enough clientele, enough business, and it should in theory be franchisable, it's really getting the bulk of interest in there, uh, 
bulk of customers. So it's the, uh, I think you said your side of it was where you fell down was probably uh, getting the leads. So maybe if the focus was on getting the leads, it would make your business more franchisable. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's something that I've identified now is a big hurdling, a big hurdle for a lot of cleaning business it is getting the leads in and, you know, doing the marketing and positioning themselves right. I think um, the biggest problem at the moment is getting staff. That's you know, the other side I mean, of the coin. This is yeah. a major problem right across the board at the moment. Yeah. Getting staff. I mean, the, the business world out there at the moment is a, re- a really unstable place. Very yeah, unstable. I've never seen it so bad, but yeah, we'll get so, through it. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. And also, you know, these challenging times often bring about innovation, right? So who knows what's going to happen over the next two or three years in terms of, you know, bringing around new businesses that help solve bits of the problem. I, I don't think staffing is something that can be easily solved. You know, there there might be processes or ways, you know, things are done in particular, which which help speed up the process and, you know, make things more efficient and effective. Who knows? So look, I'm, I'm curious to know before uh, we start wrapping things up, obviously, we're talking a lot about growth, interested in in how a failure or apparent failure has in your business has set you up for later success like was there one particular or a big turning point or one harsh lesson that this whole experience has taught you um which has you know provided a a catalyst for additional success that you've had in your business yeah well i'd have to say the uh, the banking crisis yeah was the thing that (laughs) that turned it all around for us none of this was planned so i can't really sort of say that i am now got a, a cleaning franchise company because of a failure. I've, I've got it because of losing my company as a result of somebody else's failure. So, um, I mean, I've had failures in the past. I've, you know, I've run several businesses. They've not all worked. In fact, I had um, a photographic studio in Paul for one, uh, one point. Oh, wow. Uh, which failed dismally. I just, just couldn't afford uh, to run the building because the, uh, the rates on it were so high. Uh, so that that failed unfortunately because photography is a bit of a passion of mine as a hobby but for the cleaning business it i'd have to say it was the banking crisis that basically saved my life because the business i was in was so stressful um i said to my wife if i'd stayed in this much longer it probably would have killed me oh wow so i think the banking crisis probably saved my life yeah because cleaning windows is a damn sight easier than <laughs> yeah. being given a thirty thousand pound um project and it's got to be done in five days and yeah i bet if, if you don't get it in five done in five days they start penalizing you and fining you it's stress yeah so yeah no, well good. rid well rid of that okay before we wrap things up uh, terry i just want to ask you a couple of quick fire questions if i may yeah, one sure. is what's the one golden rule that you apply throughout your uh, cleaning business and cleaning franchise to to make it run successfully biggest golden rule for me is to make sure that your customer is king your customer needs to feel that the only reason that you got out of bed this morning was to make sure you looked after them nice. that's I, i've always worked on that principle customer yeah. is king so they need to feel like they're special nice. and yet you only work for them that's what i do for every customer yeah that's a great bit of advice what is one bit of advice you would give your younger self for starting your your franchise let's not think about the cleaning business because we know what the catalyst was for that but for starting your franchise what's the one bit of advice that you would give to your younger self knowing what i know now if i'll start starting out all over again i would definitely be looking at building a business that can be franchised okay to make sure that you've got everything in place and then from there on it would be a damn sight easier i would if i knew about franchising 30 years ago i'd 
probably be a retired <laughs> retired years ago. It is such an easy way to actually expand and grow your business. Yeah, I say easy. It's not easy, but you know it can be done, okay. and it's well worth the effort. Perfect. So, yeah. so look, um, Terry, if people want to get in contact with you about franchising, or you know, one thing we haven't covered is uh, obviously you offer a bit of mentoring and that as well. What, yeah. What's the easiest way for them to get in contact with you? Um, they can track me down on Facebook or we've got a website, which is www.baywash.co.uk. Shall I give you my email? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, TerryCroom at gmail.com. Nice and simple. Nice. Um, I'll be happy to talk to anybody if they want to go down a franchise route. I do mentor. Um, I do a, a 90-day uh, tuition package yeah so if anybody wants to go down that road all i want to do is help you because i'm frustrated at the fact that not more people are taking the franchise route and they should be they're leaving money on the table perfect great way to end thanks to terry for joining us on the growth lab podcast and thanks to you guys for listening you can access the show notes and resources via the link in the episode description if you enjoyed this episode please share it with others who you think will find it useful across social media or leave a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to you can also follow me on twitter and instagram at i am underscore matt harris that's m-a-t-t-h-a-r-r-i-s to catch all the latest from the growth lab and how to generate more contract opportunities for your cleaning business see you next time and remember Remember, if your cleaning business isn't growing, it's dying.